Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I am unashamed. What about you? Well, it's down to us now. Yeah. In this in this coronavirus environment, Al gets the sniffles, so he's like, "Oh no, I got the coronavirus." Y'all go ahead. And it turns out well he didn't have it. So then he's like, "Well, I'm going to go do my event. Y'all do the podcast." So, it's me and you. Well, my take on it is, Jace, uh, you and I both came from the loins of your mother, at, uh, and I was part of it, the process. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's pretty easy for human beings to get into paranoia. In other words, oh, I think I got a, uh, I mean, I got a little sniffle. Oh, no, I got that, the scourge. Yeah. And I think he just, it's easy for people to jump the gun. I mean, he jumped the gun. I really think at this current stage of the coronavirus, let's face it, all the people that are wearing the mask and all of that, I mean, there's still the percentage, whether you wear a mask or not, the bottom line is uh, there's a certain percentage of people that are going to get it. It looks like to me, just go ahead Ninety-nine point nine something percent get over it. You include you're you're one yeah. of those. Yeah. So I I don't think this does any good to try to run from it. No, I saw the other day on the news they said this just in seventy percent of people who wear the mask are less likely to get it. I thought, now how in the world are these the same people? Are less likely, but they had it. Well, but how they find that out? Nobody called me. Well, they took a hundred people, random hundred or a thousand, I think it was. I don't know. They just took a, a, a percentage. Do you wear a mask all the time? Yeah. yeah. Well, you got coronavirus. Yeah. Well, then they then they ask them all, did you ever wear a mask? Very rarely, but if I went into a store, I wore it, but not not most of the time. But yeah. it turns out 70% of them that wore the mask, they got it anyway. So I'm just well, saying, I mean... <coughs> if you believe we, in the well, resurrection like we do, we're 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 uh you know what's the scourge of the earth as someone would say, the Bible thumpers. We have a built in hope of our life's existence on planet Earth. The one we're counting we're all counting time by him, Jesus of Nazareth becomes flesh, dies on a cross, is buried and raised from the dead. Sin problem solved, grave problem solved, yeah. and I something like a virus comes through, and I'm like, "Whoo! Thank God for the resurrection." Yeah. So we're looking at it a little different angle. I mean, I would be afraid too if I had no hope. Oh, I'd living. be. Yeah, I can't imagine what they're going through. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out why we're so obsessed with these polls, and you know, people are constantly trying to give these numbers that say something and nobody ever asked me anything. You did have the census people come down here and ask you a few questions, but nobody's asking me anything. They basically, I said, who are you with my hand on my weapon inside the vehicle? Who are you? Cause they just sitting there and they said, do you live beyond this gate? I said, I do. And they said, how many people live down there? I said, who, who are you with? Why do you want to know that information? What are you trying to find out here? Well, we, we're with the Census Bureau. And I said, hmm. So I tell her, yeah, I'm there. We live there. My neighbor is, gave my neighbor's name. They live right beside me. And I said, that's it. I said, so so there you go. And And she said, well, can I have your permission to write down that you're white? Oh yeah. After what you told me, I said, uh, "Whatever you think on on my color code, 
That's okay. what I'm saying. These are the people conducting these types of. I mean, what 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 is it? What's, I mean, I looked down at me when on? she said, "Can I put you down as white?" I said, "Well, I said you you make that call." I Why said, not say Caucasian? <laughs> I thought that's what. All right. Well, look. After this, Jay is cooking as we speak. I think he's prepping. He took the back strap off a small deer, and he's going to wrap it the way we eat doves, from my understanding. We're talking jalapeno pepper. Cream cheese. Cream cheese. Bacon wrap. He'll have some kind of rub on, on the steaks themselves. I mean, the biggest problem with deer, which is a good problem, is it's very lean, and it tends to dry out. That's why one of your recipes, you'll take backstrap or hams cut like steaks. You got, what, four muscles that you can eat on the ham? Yep. And I've seen you fry it quickly, as in brown it, and then put it in the oven and put mushrooms and onions and cook it for, what, like an hour? Hour and a half. The mushrooms gives the moisture to the deer because deer tends to dry out. Along with a few onions and garlic. Right. So Jay's doing that today. He's trying to find creative ways to cook deer because it's deer season. And this is one of my favorite times of year. Well, at the same time, he has it in his mind. Jay's last name is Stone. It's not Jay Robertson. He married Al's daughter, so he he marries into the Robertson clan. He's now taking it upon himself because we introduced him to duck hunting and deer hunting the way we do it. So he said it was a factor in his decision to marry Nan, uh, Al's daughter, that he possibly could at one time be sitting on deer stands <laughs> shooting deer and ducks with us. He basically, if he married in, he felt like he would be closer to the epicenter, and now he feels like there's so many deer running around. He's just taking his pick on which one he wants to yeah. shoot. We told him we don't want any of these horn things. We're looking for the meat. So yeah. he, he's got him a kind of a tithing system, and he says about about once a week, I need to shoot one of these little ones, or somebody with me shoots one of these little ones, and then we'll and I'll actually clean the deer, dress the deer, cook the deer. And see how I'm doing. He's he feels yeah. like he he owes us some gratitude. He actually for being a part of the team, Jace. You know, most people join hunting clubs and they pay a fee. I mean, Jay married into the hunting club. You are correct. I mean, that's probably the the best way to do it. Yeah, the only way he could find a key to our gate was to be married to blood kin. Yeah, now you're in. <laughs> Well, once he figured that out, he said, boy, I better make the best of this. So he said, if I kill something, uh, I need to take a percentage, and it needs to go toward Jason yeah. Field and them. Cook to perfection. Because well, I noticed, and the way he's got it figured out, he goes by age, because he knew I was sick you know, a couple weeks ago. So he brought me a deer, because he knew I was being quarantined. But there were no back straps. So said, Fresh well, deer meat though go a long way oh, when you're yeah. when you're ill. Well, I eat it every day. Yeah. So I said, "Well, where are the back straps?" He said, "Well, I gave those to Phil." And I thought, "Oh, okay." Because yeah. so but he the choicest parts. <laughs> it comes with age, which is a good way to go about it. Yeah. I mean, I never feel bad about Jay deer hunting because I know, you know, I've noticed that since he's become part of the family, I go deer hunting less. Because he's he's he likes it. Yeah, he took. Thank you for allowing me to hunt on y'all's property. I'm glad I married into it because that brought me closer connection. But he took it upon himself to not only be thankful for being able to hunt there. He took it all the way to I will kill the deer, dress him, and clean him, and cooking <laughs> now, to perfection. If it's everybody, a good deal. yeah, if everybody operated like that, that it'd be a better world. It'd be a better world. 
Because I'm not sure what these people are doing with these giant bucks. I know what they're doing with the head and the horns, but I'm not sure what they're... They probably don't want to talk about it because every huge buck that I've tried to eat, it's not like a blue wing teal. Hang, I, I'm not of a, a mounter like people who mount things. Yeah, I'm not either. I, I'm not into looking at deer heads hanging on a wall or ducks. I'm looking for those things to be in a pot in a in a yeah. in a in a cooking thing. I want to know about their flavor. Well, are you gumbo, more excited? Duck and dressing, deer steaks, wrap. Yeah. This is a cream cheese and jalapeno peppers, n- peppers nestled into some. Some backstrap off a deer wrapped in bacon, smoked to perfection, yeah. just done. So it sounds great. It, I've never tried uh, a, a deer a deer wraps. I hadn't either. We're going to try it today. I'll give you the report. I mean, I'd rather fry them because I just think young deer were made to fry because they're already dry. Yep. So, it, you know, and the way we do it, I don't know if we've ever. It's way better than chicken tenders. Oh. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if we've ever described I exactly. mean, duck wraps, two breasts wrapped up, teal and wood ducks with uh, and nestled in there is cream cheese. And, uh, you know, and, and you wrap it in bacon. I mean, it, it's it's as fine as you want to get a mouth on. But you do it with ducks because ducks tend to be gamey. But a young deer is not gamey. Not at all. So I'm not sure why we're doing this because it seemed like it would dry out more. I don't know if we've ever given our recipe for how we fry it. What I do is I I cut it more thin than you do. You know, what you call mine uh, deer nuggets or cracklings. Well, deer chips. Deer, <laughs> deer, <You> know, deer <laughs> chips. Deer chips. Well, because I don't like to have a knife when I'm eating deer. You know, the, the, I like the Brits to reach. have, have uh, fish and chips, but their chips are just basically fried potatoes, like what we call French fries. Yeah, you know, but but you you get you you're getting into deer chips like have them thin, but uh-huh. it, they are a little more tender that way. Oh, they're tender. There's no chewiness. Yep. It, it, so I cut. I them. say never go over a quarter of an inch when you cut them up. When you're cutting up the tenderloin, I'm, I'm there's a, I'm there's more a little uh, a tough part. So we go down to that and we scrape our knife to the right. We go over and move over a quarter inch. You go down to the to the little ten, t- tendon. And yeah. you, you move your knife to the right. It needs to have a sharp knife, another quarter of an inch or less. You're going a little less than a quarter. I think maybe you're you're onto something yeah. there. Let's you take, don't want them thick. Let's take our first break. All right, we just celebrated Veterans Day, and there's nothing that uh, you know as a, as a country that gets me more excited as doing that. Because what these guys do for us Whew. is hard to put into words. And we appreciate our military. And one of our favorite sponsors is Black Rifle Coffee. Because it's military guys who said, let's brew up a good cup of coffee. And so we love it. We drink it. It's the official coffee of the Unashamed podcast. So... Here's what you do. You go visit blackriflecoffee.com slash feel. Gets you 20% off coffee, apparel, and gear, as well as 20% off your first month of their coffee club. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash feel. I don't want them thick because I don't want it chewy. Yeah, I want to reach and grab. Now, Jay makes all these salves. I'm not a salve man. I just, I, I take the deer. Basically, here's what I do, and let's see if you do the same thing. I, I cut them thin. You cut yours a little thicker. I pour the black pepper to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. I don't use salt. Then I take however much deer I have. I, I measure out how many eggs I'm going to use. So if I'm feeding four or five people, I'm probably going to use three eggs to the deer that I have. I whisk the deer, I mean the eggs, yep. then pour that over. Then We, I we take, call that an egg wash. Yeah, egg wash. Then I take a little buttermilk, not much, and 
I wrap that around, all-purpose flour, a lot of it. I roll that around, and then I fry it in peanut oil. I mean, fire. You want so much flour that it's not muggy, mucky when it comes out. It needs to be dry flour coming off of it. Right. Yeah. I think that's a key move. It's I, a key move. And I, I toss and toss and toss and grab each piece. and I mean, yep. I'm, I'm, It's a yep. big tossing. Separate tar- each piece and get flour on that's it. That's it. Yep. And so I, it, the whole thing's done probably, I mean, a couple minutes in the peanut oil. It browns real quick. That's they're, right. And they're small pieces. You'll see them. They're floating. They look a little golden yep. brown. Yep. But it's my batter's not a big, thick, cakey. These are thin pieces with a thin batter. They're that's light. Correct. That's correct. And uh, that, that's, that's basically how I do it. You've done, you've done well with that, my man. Yeah. Excellent recipe. People listening should, should remember that. Now, Jay's into, if, if it's a bigger deer, uh, let them age for about 13, 14 days. Just let them age, sit there. He's got a little, I don't think the solution is, I just think he lets them sit at about 32 degrees right before freezing. Just let them sit there for about. Well, that's what I was wondering, what they do with these big deer. So they age them. They he age ages them. Age then what? A couple of weeks. Then he just proceeds. He either cooks the whole thing, smokes the whole thing like a beef tenderloin, which he cooks all the time. That beef tenderloin is excellent. Um, the the deer tenderloin stacked up to beef, I'm saying it's mighty close. I mean, it's a good flavor. It's not gamey. I've never, I've never tried the the deer meat wrapped around cream cheese and jalapeno peppers, bacon wrapped. And smoke them, which I'm saying he's not going to cook them well done. He's going to cook them just done. Yeah. And it sounds pretty pretty good, Jace. We're going to find out. We'll try it out, and we'll give you a report uh, next time we we get back together. Eating that game, we've said this before, it is biblical. Arise, kill, and eat. Four-footed animals. Yeah, I get more excited. I don't know where you're at on this. If I saw the biggest buck ever on our property, I'm at a stage where I would get more excited if I saw a young deer that I'm going to shoot fair. Yeah, and eat. I'm with you on that. If I see a big buck, I think, boy, that's a big buck. That's cool. But there's no excitement because I'm not going right. to shoot him. That's right. You know, I, these other boys, Jay, and I, they, you know, they'll shoot them an occasional big buck. Yep. I'll see the picture and go, oh, that's great. <laughs> But I'm I get excited about a young deer that I I'm I spend eat. way more time on developing the habitat to ensure you of having more deer and more ducks and more squirrels and more birds of all kinds and wildlife in and of itself. Bobcats are fine; they have to eat too. You know, coyotes they have to eat too. You have to watch these old wild hogs because they'll get out of control. But our backwaters come so frequently, Jason, and get so high, the hogs can't stay out there. It just runs them off. It's amazing that it's many deers over there in, on this property, yeah. and it all floods, and most of it 10, 12, 15 feet deep minimum every year, yeah. nearly. Well, I've noticed a couple of things that people think about deer that are not true. One, shooting shotguns at ducks – does not bother deer. Nope. People say, oh, we don't. I've had people say, I'm not going to let you duck hunt my place, you know, because the conversation come up, they have a bunch of ducks, but then they don't duck hunt. So I'm like, you need to let me come down there and hunt your place for you. Since yep. you just. We don't want to scare the deer. We don't want to scare the deer. I was like, has no effect on them. They need to duck we, hunt with us inside a duck line. Boom, 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 bow, boom, boom, boom. And three minutes later, we look over there and here's, here's this the deer. Big, a buck yeah. just walks by, and I'm like, well, he doesn't seem too scared for afraid no. of us. How many times have you seen deer while we're duck hunting? Uh, more than I can count. <laughs> yeah, hundreds. Yep. So they're not worried about that. The other thing is they come to that water. The more water we have, more deer that come down there That's as true. long as they can, they can walk. Yep. And they'll go out. They'll walk down there in the water, swim to a mound. And then get up on it and hide. And they seem every mound has a deer on it. Every, every mound has a deer. So it's, 
It's pretty amazing. So those little, are little piece of ground about <clears throat> ten foot around. But you 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 ease by there in the P rug and you look up and then the deer are standing there looking at you. You're like, hmm. Yeah. So uh let's face it, Jace, it's not very difficult to, to have plenty of deer meat. No, that's a deer report. I mean that's but deer, I get excited because I like to eat them. My wife loves for me to do the whole process. It, you know, makes me uh makes our relationship. And she never had even taste tried deer before it you came took along. Years for for her to even try it. And now if I shoot a you deer, can't get her off of it. Oh, she she's like, <laughs> let's break out the deer. I mean, yeah. it, it's it went from something she would never do. Ooh, I can't eat them to her favorite meal. So, and it's the only time I see her. You know, she eats like a bird, usually. But that's the only time I see her. She she gets she People she, need she to gets rowdy with deer at all the supermarkets across the world. We live here in the states. So we have authorities who monitor to make sure that, you know, various microbes, you know, I get on you, you the way you uh, dress, clean. And, but the, the bottom line is uh, there's a millions of metric tons of dead chickens. I'm saying this nicely. Yeah. There are chickens that were raised. They're dead chickens. They're packaged and packaged, and you have breasts over here, and the legs are out there. These are breasts. But there's dead chicken, dead hogs, dead cows, and a lot of them dead fish and dead shrimp and all kinds of critters mm. on this earth. And they're all in the supermarkets of the world, whatever the supermarket may be. Some places they hang them up out there and the flies are on them. You're like, well, every man for himself. <laughs> but we're a little more, we're a little more, uh, what's civilized. the word? We're a little more civilized, so we do have them packed. A lot of people think that they just go back in there and get this but no one was around to chop the head off the chicken, to gut the chicken, to cut the chicken up. They think, oh, yeah. well, I don't want to hear that. But, you know, what can I it's say? It's the truth. It's what's going on. But I'll tell you this. Nobody in the world is going to prepare, especially meat, as well as what I'm doing that I'm fixed to eat. I'm with you. I mean, I'm not saying. I know, will it, eat meat that that's Jay Stone shoots. Because I watched how he dresses them. I've observed him. I'm like, I'll eat after him. But most people, I make sure that if I'm going to eat it, I'm the one who kills it and cleans it. Well, right. I feel better about it. Yeah. I, I'm the I would trust you, Jay. If you could come out with a yearling, I'd say, okay, that, that's been dressed right there. Well, I've just noticed, I mean, when I'm doing the cleaning. I mean, dry, hauling them around in your pickup truck to show somebody for, you know, half a day, I'm like, no. No, because I don't want it to turn, as yeah, they but say. There, there you go. I uh, I got an email. You know, I have a a, a group of people that I, I, on purpose, have associated with and, and tried to befriend. You know, anytime I meet somebody who loves Jesus— and I feel like, you know, I watch them and I listen to them. And I'm like, this this, this person has, has something to offer. Yep. I, I make it my ambition to try to have as many of those types of people who I think I can get information and wisdom from to be in my circle of friends as possible. And one of them is a guy I've mentioned many times, Jim McGuigan from Ireland. Now he's, I think he's in his eighties now, and I've only met him in person a couple of times, but we we kind of have a strange relationship. He's a, I'll send him an email, which I'm not even sure you know what that is. I've never sent an email. Yeah, it's kind of like but just it, write him a little letter and burp, 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 it gets no there. sounds. It just it actually goes shoo, when you send it. There's a sound. What, did it break in the sound barrier? No, it just, when you push, so you type the letter. Fast information. And you send it, and there's, they have a sound effect, and it goes, shoo. But he gets it. With, I'm 74, with, and I've never done that. Yeah, he gets it within 30 seconds, which is the way to send So, a, Jace, what am I missing out on by, by not being aware of this type thing? Well, you would. you don't have this. I'm having a conversation with a fellow who's thousand miles away 
I mean, you'd have to actually write a letter, put it in the mailbox, then you'd have to wait till he got it. So that would take probably three or four days. Then he would have to write a letter and then send it back. Yeah. So you're missing out on about a week of. I got you. So anyway, but he sent me this email. <clears throat> Maybe that's why I'm never getting in that big a hurry. Well, that's right. Which you know what's amazing to me is that people still send letters. We get I a mean, lot of them. You would think there's a lot coming in my of course little mailbox because I there. have email. Or in other people, but yeah, people just like to do it. Let's take a break. Okay, we've done this this spot many times. There's people out there who steal your house via the title on the internet, which just seems, as far as crimes go, that that's that's about as sorry and low down as bottom yeah. bottom of the barrel. And so a cyber thief finds your home's title, forges your signature on a quick claim deed, stating you sold your home to him. Done. Then he takes out loans against your home until all your equity is gone and leaves you in debt. So this is something we need to break up. So here's what you can do. Go to hometitlelock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. Then use code radio for 30 free days of protection. That's code radio at hometitlelock.com and protect your house. All right. So he sent me this because he knows I'm working on this book. And, you know, it's hard to write another book. You just wrote a book, Jesus Politics, and it's selling like wildfire. And all, basically, all you did is insert, you know, politics into the realm of Jesus or Jesus into the realm of politics. Which they say, don't ever do that. Well, yeah. That's that's one of the ploys of the evil one. Don't yeah. let them in on it, life and immortality. I'm thinking, why in the world wouldn't you tell everybody that? Life and immortality? I think it's worth discussing. Yeah. At least investigating the one from whom it came. Yeah. I mean, well, I thought about I thought about that your book when he because he knows you know what I, I always am so appreciative of Mister McGuigan is that he's and I've said this before he's he showed me that you know the Bible was written to reveal Jesus a, a person yep. and a lot of people take the Bible. And here we are studying it. And look, it gives you confidence. The more Bible that you know, the more confident you are. There's Beyond no doubt about that. your wildest dreams, it gives you confidence. That's right. But when you look at verses like John 5, where he said, Jesus himself said, uh, you study the Scriptures. This is 539. You diligently study the Scriptures because you think that by them, so he's talking to these Israelites, Jews, you think that by them you possess eternal life. And then he makes this profound statement. He says, these are the scriptures that testify about me. So here here comes a fellow claiming to be God that says, hey, you know all this Old Testament? That was about me. Now, that's not what he sent me, but what he sent me was, and why I thought of your your book, and I wanted to, to tell you, is he knows that I I believe, as he does, that God uses us, despite our baggage and our flaws, to make Jesus known. And it parallels Jesus making God known. He came down, and he made God known. We're here. We make God known as real. Yep. Through Jesus. Yep. So that's why when we get to John 17, you know, and he prays, which is an incredible prayer, but he's basically asserting the fact that he has made God the Father known. He, and, he, he, he said it, the Apostle Paul, in him we have redemption through his blood. This is Ephesians 1, about 6. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace 
that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known, to your point, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. The scriptures themselves, it's not what you worship. His purpose was to get Jesus here and make you aware of it. Mm-hmm. You say, when is that there, Lord, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment? God waited until the days of the Roman Empire. Caesar Augustus is, is the emperor. He's the big dog. He died about 15, 16 years later after Jesus came through the Virgin Mary, then Tiberius took over. So it was two reigns there. But you say, God called that uh, when the times had reached their fulfillment, the the heyday of the Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. to bring all things, which is quite the statement, Jace, in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. What a statement. Yeah. So that's why the verses themselves that are predicting him proves he's here, shows what he did, what he's now doing, right hand of God, mediating for the ones he is the head over. And now all we're doing sitting here, Jace, is talking about good deer meat. <laughs> and, we're, and we're and we're waiting on the return. That's right. Well, and, of all this, the scriptures got him here, as you say, uh, from Genesis to Malachi. Jesus is coming, according to the scriptures. Jesus is coming. It's written. Jesus is coming. Well, lo and behold, in the days of the Roman Empire, like the prophet Daniel said. God will raise up a kingdom, send you a king that will never be destroyed. It won't be like man-made kingdoms. That's why I love our constitutional republic. It's a good system. The reason it's such a good system, but we've elected a guy that and his people followers, they want to take a different route than a constitutional republic. We hold these truths evident to be self-evident that all men are created equal, well, that's biblical. Mm-hmm. They've been endowed with certain inalienable rights. That's biblical. Among these are life, we're here, liberty, we're free, and the pursuit of happiness. Which is life. also all biblical. All biblical. Yeah. That's why it's such uh shows in consternation on my part to say we have the greatest system ever. The Constitution is being just, I mean, ravaged. Uh, James Madison, old Madison wrote it, but you say John Adams, when he read it, he said, the Constitution was written for a religious and moral people. We're there, Jace, and we think it's wonderful, but there are a lot of others who's not buying it, who are not buying well, it because of this Jesus and their attitude toward yeah, him. You either love him or you say, get him out of here. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. You know, a lot of people, when they say, well, you vote, and you can, you know, people that, that Google things, they say that's your voice. You know, your vote is your voice. But when you think about it, it's actually whoever's running. And when you vote, it, it's his voice. Well, yeah, that's all we have is a decision, and we've talked about that before about making the best decision possible. So, what I was going to bring up is most people, when you are public or you go public about Jesus, which we're doing as we speak, the 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 people that attack you, their main question, and this goes back to what McGuigan sent me, is this question: Well, who do you think you are? You know, who are you? And so you're attacked because we all have flaws and and sin. But that is the question. Who do you think you are to claim some? So the same claim, and this is what what he sent me, 
was made by John the Baptist, when they asked him, who do you think you are? And this is John 1, 19. You know, John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess freely, I am not the Christ. So he didn't say who he was. He said he who, who he wasn't. Yep. He said, I'm, I'm not the Christ. So they asked him, well, then who are you? Who, who, who do you think you are? And they gave him some choices. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, well, who are you? Give us an answer to take back. And John replied, he didn't, ask, he didn't answer on who. He said, he answered on who, who do you think you are with a what. He said, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. So he basically said what he, what, he, he was a voice. Make straight the way for the Lord. So in in the email, he said, you know, it wasn't an echo. It it wasn't uh, a parrot. He was just saying, I'm just a voice. And so his point was that what we do now, there's there's no different. And he had an illustration of when Stephen in Acts 8, when he got up, he 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 talked about Jesus. He he spoke. You know, he said if he had opened his mouth and wouldn't said anything, well that would be silly. And so what happened to Stephen? Well they gnashed they gnashed it. Who do you think you are? It goes back to that question. So I, I thought it was a, a pretty good point. What's interesting is is Luke chapter four, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. 40 days without food, you'd be hungry. It is the devil himself who has come his way and making his argument. His argument, the devil's, was the same thing, the argument we listen to all the time. Jace, what they will tell you, or me, they will say, yeah, but what you're talking about, this Jesus, because y'all are saying when we say, but I have my truth, Jason, and you and Phil have your truth. So my truth, it doesn't include this Jesus you're talking about. So when Satan comes at Jesus, here's what he said. He said to him, if you're the son of God, tell this stone, become bread. You know, if you, you, you're the son of God, you're supposed to be able to do anything. Turn these stones to bread. Watch this. Jesus replied, it is written. Man does not live on bread alone. You're like, I just ask you to perform some kind of miraculous act, which evidently you can do if you're God. And I told you to turn these stones to bread and prove it. And you said, it's written. Man does not live on bread alone. Way more to life than food going in your belly. That's the tough. devil, the devil, led him up to a high place. Showed him an instant, uh, in an instant, uh, all the kingdoms of the world. He said to them, and all the ones that rule them, "I'll give you all their authority and splendor. I'll put you at the top of the heap of all man-made constructs. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. I'm the one that's king of all these kingdoms." So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Second time, it is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Third time. Let's take a break. All right, look, everybody's talking about this influence that big tech and social media and the Internet is having on people and their mental health and all this is going back back and forth which you know our point is maybe get into something a little more spiritual so you know i know you're all upset about big tech and how that's going to influence you it makes me sick to think about it okay well there's a company that is one of our sponsors 
Express VPN. And a few things that they do, they encrypt 100% of my internet data for protection from hackers and eavesdropper. When I use Express VPN, they can't see my IP address at all. My identity is secure. So, if you want to look into these guys, get you some protection and stop letting big tech and big government censor and track you. Defend your rights, protect yourself. ExpressVPN.com slash Phil. That's ExpressVPN.com slash Phil to get three months free. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash Phil to learn more. So the devil leads him up to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple that climbed way up. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, God said, he'll command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And for the third time, Jace, Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. The devil left him at a more opportune time. Here's the point. If, if our truth is rooted in Jesus of Galilee, because we read what was written, it's written. He is the God who became flesh. It is written. He died on a cross for the sins of the world. It is written he was buried in a tomb and raised from the dead. It is written he stayed 40 days and went back to the Father and it's seated at his right hand, mediating for those who are in him. It is written he shall return. My question to everyone who says you have your truth, where is it written, your truth? Where is their truth written down over a period of about at least 7,000 years? Jace, we're reading writings that go back to 4,000 B.C. Yeah, which I think that's why they think it's absurd. Because they're like, well, it just because of the math, it, it can't be. How would someone know 4,000 years ago? Of course, since they haven't surrendered to it or experienced it, you know, how they, can you they, believe? They you, don't know. How so, can you believe, Jason Robertson? How can you believe that there's a resurrection of the dead? You yeah. say it is written, and it is written. Well, and it is written. It where is, it where is, are you getting your truth from? If it's not the Bible, what books did you read where it is written from ages past that yeah. you come to the conclusion that you have your truth and I have mine? So there's really no real truth anywhere. That's why when they t- said to Jesus and what you said, obey the scripture and all, he said, you got to remember something. I am the truth. Well, right. And what I was going to say in 2 Corinthians 4, and, and to answer your question, what I would tell somebody that is I would say in 2 Corinthians 4, 13, he says, it is written, it is written. Yep. I believe, therefore I have spoken. I said, where is that written at? That's in Psalm 116, 10. Yep. Then he says, with that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Getting back to this voice, you know, if John the Baptist prepared the way for the Lord, what are we doing? We're preparing, you know, the highway to, to heaven post-Jesus. He was pre-Jesus. We're, we're post-Jesus. Jesus' initial announcement was this with it is written in mind. Uh, Jesus, Luke Luke uh, 4, 14, Jesus returned in Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He taught in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up to the Sabbath day, went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, which means he's going to, He's going to read them a little text 700 years earlier. He's going to quote it. 
The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, unrolling it. He found the place where it is written. You're like, hmm, 700 years before this day, and he walks up there, and they hand him a copy of Isaiah. Uh, the, here's what it said, the scroll. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to preach good news to the poor. I wonder who Isaiah's talking about. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. I wonder who it could be. And recovery of sight for the blind. I wonder who Isaiah's talking about. To release the oppressed. I wonder who that would be. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Check this out, Jace. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Look. He quotes that text, walks over there, and he sits down, and he's like this. He's just sitting there. Well, the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began to say by saying to them when he did speak, today, basically right now, this scripture of 700 years ago is fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. I'm the one he was talking. Can you imagine at the, Hey, Jace, how long did it take them? The people in the synagogue were fierce. They got up, drove him just out like, of the just town, like, just took like him to Stephen. the brow of the hill, going to throw him off the cliff. <laughs> and he'd walk right through him saying, well, went on his way, but they tried to kill him, Jace on yeah. the spot. Yeah. Let's take a break. So, look, you know what's interesting? Where I started this discussion and when John the Baptist said that, he basically quoted Isaiah 40 and verse 3 when it said, Make straight the way for the Lord. Yep. And when I read that, I went back and looked because you were you know, reading the quote from Isaiah also, which is I'm not sure how long before Isaiah was written before John the Baptist. But it was several years. Seven hundred I mean, years. So, so fast forward now to where we are in the role of John the Baptist, and I bring up John the Baptist because he looked a lot like like us, <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed crazy. Well, at but least he was a voice. On, at Look. least we're on the same message. But he said, "I'm the voice," and what's what's crazy now when you think of the voice there's a people would say well that's a tv show there's a show called the voice i wonder where they got that idea because it's not about making some kind of uh, an announcement of that with eternal consequences they just named it for i think the biblical reference because it's a singing show people come out and they sing and they they base their base uh you know, based, uh, on talent. So if somebody says to you, Jace, Jace, you, you just don't look like <laughs> a true theologian. You just don't come across as a theologian. Well, I'm not a theologian, but yeah, your, your point is valid. <laughs> they would, they'd look at me and say, what do you know? <laughs> at which goes back to the question, who do you think you are? Yeah, you're, you're sitting I'm here like, telling me about who the truth is, what the truth is about everything. You, yeah. You know, well, who gave which, you the authority, Jace, to speak about these matters? Yeah, which our assertion, look, I, I went ahead and read another thing in, in Isaiah 55. I want to read it to you in verse 10 and 11. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, what what an analogy there. Yeah. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. Yeah. It it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire. And here's my point. My point is the reason I read that in in 2 Corinthians where it says I believe it is written, I believe therefore I speak. Well, right after that, he says that we are God's ambassadors. So when somebody said, well, who do you think you are? 
Well, what were they trying to get at with John the Baptist? Now, it wasn't our idea, but Paul, full of the Spirit, said, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Well, that's who we are, Yep, according to him. As though God were making his appeal through us. Well, McGuigan's point to me was, you're not going to be able to make that appeal silently. You're not going to be able to make the appeal. How can you represent or be an ambassador if you never open your mouth? Impossible. It, it, it's, it, it is impossible. Yep. So that was John DeBabs' point. That's my point. Uh, you know, we're reconciled to God, but we're pointing people to Jesus just like John the Baptist did and we're trying to do it as one voice because there's one Lord and Savior of all it's the same Jesus even though we got different backgrounds we got different baggage we've made different mistakes we all unite in these conversations across the globe without really an organized front and we're declaring that Jesus is Lord Yeah, he's the son of God look here the the Isaiah said way before Peter said it in First Peter chapter one. Uh, I, I'll give you both of them, which is pretty well. Uh, pretty. Well, give cool. them to me quick because we got like two minutes. Oh, two minutes. Yeah. Okay, I'll give them to you quick. Here we go. <coughs> uh, the grass withers, and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. This is Isaiah 40, verse 7. Surely the people are grass, Jase. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. So you read a text like that and you say, no matter what these people are saying, I have my truth. I said, does it include Jesus? And they're like, no, I don't, I don't, it doesn't, I don't believe in that Bible stuff. I said, you're going to wither and you're going to fall. You're going down in the ground. Physical death. What does your truth say about that? Where did you get your information? Is there anything beyond that? I mean, have you ever, do you have any hope regarding that? You, full of, you ever sinned? You ever made a mistake? I don't believe in sin. That's Bible stuff. I said, have you better, ever been immoral, ever been drunk, ever been high, ever been mad? Ever? I said, what does your truth say about that? What, what book says, oh, that's no problem. Everybody ought to be able to get mad, get drunk, get high, get laid. I mean, what? And that's the argument we're having with today's culture. What this is the truth? <laughs> we're just saying uh, you're going to wither and fall. Uh, we're not. We'll live on. Immortality's riding on all this. Yeah. Need to think about it. No doubt. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.